The legacy media has finally acknowledged that Canada's Deputy Prime Minister, Chrystia Freeland, held an extremist banner at a Ukrainian rally last weekend. But rather than seeking to hold Chrystia Freeland accountable for holding the banner, they seek to hold True North accountable for reporting on it. I'm Candace Malcolm, and this is The Candace Malcolm Show. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. So as you recall, earlier this week, True North broke the story that Chrystia Freeland was at a Ukrainian rally. She was photographed holding this red and black banner. The banner represents the Bandera movement, a far-right extremist Nazi movement in Ukraine. It's named after Stefan Bandera, who wasn't just a Nazi collaborator. He was a Nazi. He led this militant far-right group, a nationalist group. They worked with the Nazis. He had his own hand in carrying out Adolf Hitler's Holocaust. He was responsible for killing upwards of 100,000 Jews and Poles in Ukraine during the Second World War, as despicable as you can possibly imagine. And yet here is our finance minister, deputy prime minister, not just holding the banner. She posted this photo. It was posted on her own social media on Twitter and Instagram on Sunday afternoon. By Monday morning, her or her staff deleted that photo and found a more sanitized version of the same photo where she was not holding this controversial flag. So True North reported on it. I suspected at the time, I speculated that I didn't think that the legacy media would pick it up, right? When a conservative goes to a trucker rally and some provocateur shows up on a different side of the rally there for 10 minutes with a Nazi flag, every single conservative and every single trucker at that rally is smeared in the media as a Nazi. Justin Trudeau said in the House of Commons that the conservatives were standing with those who wave swastikas, a complete fabrication, completely untrue, a smear and a lie, but the media happily repeated it. And on the contrary, when we have a liberal politician holding up a banner that to people who understand, to people who know what this means, it, it can re represent and signify an allegiance to a Nazi leader during the Second World War, same era, who worked with Adolf Hitler, who murdered scores and scores of Jews in Eastern Europe. It's, it's unconscionable. I didn't think the media would pick it up. So, so I have some good news today to report, which is that, yes, the media has picked up this story. Unfortunately for everybody, the way that the media spin this story it is absolutely unbelievable. So I'm going to go through this piece in the National Post pretty carefully and explain absolutely everything wrong with it. So the National Post, Tristan Hopper, just to say it straight off the bat, many conservatives still consider the National Post to be a reputable newspaper. They still believe that it is the conservative alternative to, say, the Globe and Mail, CBC, or the Toronto Star. Well, this episode of the Candace Malcolm Show, this article in the National Post, tell us, sadly, that that is just no longer the case. The National Post is no better than the Toronto Star or the Globe and Mail. They are shills for the liberals, and this piece demonstrates why. Okay, so here it is, National Post. Did Christia Freeland pose with extremist symbols, or is it Russian disinformation, the headline asks? And then the subheadline here sort of answers that question. It says, a classic KGB disinformation smear is accusing Ukrainians and Ukrainian Canadians of being far-right extremists or fascists or Nazis, Christia Freeland's press secretary says. So they ask a question in the headline, and then there's Christia Freeland's press secretary in the subheadline answering the question saying, no, it's not extremist. It's just Russian disinformation. And anyone who's sharing this story must be sharing Russian disinformation. So um, like I said, I'm going to read through this piece pretty closely. So here we go. 
Canadian Deputy Prime Minister Chrystia Freeland is being assailed with online accusations that she posed with far-right symbols at a pro-Ukraine rally in Toronto, but the symbols may not be as far-right as critics claim, and Freeland's office is saying the whole thing reeks of Russian-sponsored disinformation. So again, if you're reporting on this, if you're talking about this, it must be Russian-sponsored disinformation. Okay, let's keep reading. On Sunday, Freeland joined several thousand demonstrators at a pro-Ukraine rally in downtown Toronto. In a photograph her office subsequently posted on Twitter, Freeland can be seen holding up a red and black scarf bearing the slogan Slava Ukraini or Glory to Ukraine. Observers were quick to note that red and black were the official colors of the Ukrainian insurgent army, a nationalist partisan group active during the Second World War. Although the group fought against both Nazi Germany and the Soviet Union, a faction led by Stefan Bandera would ally itself with German forces and became an active participant in the Holocaust, directly killing thousands of Jews and an estimated 100,000 Poles. It's why red and black flags remain a favored symbol of the Ukrainian far right. The colors are a prominent feature of an annual torchlit march through Kiev held by far right nationalists to honor Bandera. A widely circulated photo by the Canadian right-wing site, True North, put it, Freeland posed with a pro-Nazi banner. So you can see here that Tristan Hopper uses a similar facts to what we had in our True North piece to verify and validate that Christia Freeland was in fact holding a banner that most people would associate, most people in the Ukrainian community would associate with Bandera, who was a Nazi, who participated in the Holocaust, and that those colors, th that banner, are used during an annual torch-lit march, a neo-Nazi march through Kiev held by far-right nationalists. So, so he verifies a report. He verifies our report. He smears us as being a right-wing site in the context of a story talking about the far-right being Nazis. So he, he kind of puts us one step away from Nazis. He's saying far-right is Nazis. This is a right-wing site, not far-right, but right-wing. So right next to Nazis, the whole thing is a smear. And then he goes on to say, People's Party of Canada leader Maxime Bernier put out a tweet Tuesday accusing Canada of having a Nazi as a prime minister. And he showed the same photo and he later tweeted our piece. Now, I just want to point out the fact that I myself was critical of Maxime Bernier for using this language. I, I put out this tweet. I said, we now have two federal leaders who smeared the other side as Nazis. Our political discourse in Canada is reaching parody levels. And there's this funny meme. Uh, Everyone I don't like is Hitler, a emotional child's guide to political discussion. And I quote tweeted Maxime Bernier there because he claims that Chrissy Freeland is a Nazi. And to clarify, I wrote another one. I said, my report yesterday illustrates that Freeland is callous and reckless with her support of sketchy groups in Ukraine. She's playing into Russian propaganda and she's a blatant hypocrite. Not that she is a literal Nazi. We shouldn't stoop to their level of rhetoric. Yes, Justin Trudeau and the liberals love to smear all of their opponents and everyone they disagree with as Nazis. I don't think their opponents should stoop to that level. I don't think that people like Maxime Bernier or the head of the conservative parties should just turn around and and accuse them back of being Nazis. I don't think that's productive. I don't think that's helpful. And yet the way that Kristen Hopper frames it by putting my piece out saying that I accused her of being pro-Nazi and then Maxine Bernier accused her of being a Nazi kind of puts it as if we had the same opinion, even though I distinctly condemned Maxine Bernier for making that accusation. But don't expect that level of accuracy or nuance uh, from this report from a lazy journalist over at the National Post. Okay, so to keep going here, Tristan Hopper writes, soon after its posting, the original photo was deleted 
deleted and replaced with an image of Freeland without the scarf. So again, he acknowledges that Freeland deleted the picture, which to a point I also made on Twitter, this is a tacit acknowledgement that she shouldn't have been taking pictures with that red and black scarf. The red and black scarf represents a far-right movement. It represents an actual Nazi. And Christia Freeland is at fault for posting that original picture and for being in the audience and holding it in the first place. And and just, I, I want to interject. Some people say, oh, she didn't know what she was doing. She's naive. Give me a break. Christia Freeland is one of the most knowledgeable people about Ukraine, Ukrainian politics. She spent much of her life, much of her career in Ukraine. She's a Ukrainian speaker, a Russian speaker. She's incredibly intelligent. She went to Harvard and Oxford and was a Rhodes Scholar. She knows exactly what she's doing. She's written multiple books on the subject. Don't tell me that she's naive and she didn't know what she was doing. She knew exactly what she was doing. Okay, let's get back to Tristan Hopper and the National Post and their pro-liberal spin. It says... Freeland's office confirmed that they removed the original photo after it began to be circulated by accounts critical of the scar's presence. A photo was taken, tweeted, and later replaced when it was clear some accounts were distorting the intent of the rally and the photo, read a statement by Freeland's press secretary, Adrienne Vupshaft. She added that the origins of the scarf were unknown. Okay, so fair enough. Include a statement from the deputy prime minister and her spokesperson. The piece then moves on to, quote, a director of the Canadian Institute for Ukrainian Studies. So this individual, Natalia Kachenko-Friesen, told the National Post that the red and black symbology for Ukraine long predates its adoption by extremist groups. She noted that the red and black banners can be seen in paintings dating back to the 17th century. Okay, now this part's truly, truly unbelievable. This is one of the most unbelievable things I've ever seen. This this paragraph right here. So the same scholar, the uh, Ukrainian-Canadian scholar, uh, her name's Kasenko Friesen, she defends the concept of blood and soil. So she says, the black represents Ukrainian soil, while the red symbolizes blood. So blood and soil. Although Kasenko Friesen, a scholar of Ukrainian folklore, said it's not traditionally understood as blood in any violent context. Okay, so, so they're allowed to say blood and soil because it's not blood in a violent context. She says, blood is life and blossom and not as blood loss in battle, she said. Red and black remain common color scheme in traditional Ukrainian embroidery. So, so let's just stop and acknowledge how absolutely incredible this is. Tristan Hopper, the National Post, defending the concept of blood and and soil. Blood and soil. You can't make this stuff up. Remember when those loser white nationalists were marching with their dumb little tiki torches in Charlottesville, Virginia, back in 2017? Do you remember their creepy chants? Do you remember what they were saying? They were saying blood and soil, blood and soil. And back in 2017, we were uniformly told by the legacy media that that was a Nazi chant. Here, here's what that looked like. Now, at the time in 2017, this is how the Southern Poverty Law Center, a left-wing group, this is how they describe that chant, blood and soil. They write this, blood and soil, possibly the most disturbing of all chants heard in Charlottesville. This is the English rendition of Nazi Germany's most fervent chant, Blutenboden, originally devised as a 19th century German national slogan popularized by Nazi ideology. The phrase is intended to invoke patriotic identification with native national identity and based on the foundation of virulent anti-Semitism 
and racism, it later became a key component of Adolf Hitler's program seeking to expand territory occupied by the Germans. That was a major factor in the Holocaust. The slogan has been adopted by the alt-right, particularly its openly neo-Nazi element to emphasize its own nativist and eliminalist agenda. So blood and soil, we all agree, is a creepy Nazi slogan. Very, very bad in the context of people using it in North America. And yet, however, here's the National Post twisting itself into a pretzel to say it's okay when Christia Freeland is holding up the same banner, the same National Post, by the way, the same newspaper, National Post, back in 2018, had an article condemning the use of this phrase, blood and soil. Here is this article, how the violent Charlottesville rally unmasked key players in Montreal's alt-right. On August 11th, the Montrealers joined a torch march through Charlottesville, blending into the crowd that chanted blood and soil. So it was despicable for its use in North America a few years ago, but when Christia Freeland participates in it in 2022, well, it's no big deal because really the red doesn't represent blood, it represents flowers. Okay, National Post, what a joke, willing to defend blood and soil to protect their gal, Christia Freeland. I've never seen anything like this before. Okay, it continues, they find more experts to accuse groups like True North of spreading KGB propaganda. So I'll continue to read. It says, Marcus Kolga is a McDonald Laurier fellow who runs Disinfo Watch, a website tracking foreign disinformation narratives. He was also at the Sunday rally not far away from where the scarf was taken. Kolga told the National Post that anyone touting the photograph as evidence of any Nazi sympathies among the Canadian federal government are unwittingly participating in an active Russian information operation. One of the narratives that they, the Russian Federation, use is to smear critics as being fascists or Nazis, he said, adding that it's something that Soviet sources were directing at Ukrainian-Canadian community as far back as the 1970s. So again, Chrystia Freeland would know all of this, right? She would know that this flag is used as propaganda by the Russians, that she shouldn't be holding it, that as far back as the 1970s, they use this line of thinking and they use this line of propaganda to smear Ukrainians as being far-right Nazis. And yet it isn't Chrystia Freeland's fault for being at the rally, holding the flag, taking a picture and posting it. No, no, no. Anybody using this as evidence is unwilling. Anyone sharing this information, anybody posting this, anybody writing about it, groups like True North, who Christian Hopper described as being right-wing, we are the ones that are participating in the Russian information operation, not Christy Freeland. See how that all works? See how, how nice that always works out for the liberals? They're never at fault. The people who are trying to hold them accountable are the one at fault. I'll continue to read. Look, here's Christian Hopper finding a fourth person who agrees with him, who defends Christia Freeland. So to continue reading, disinformation is a real threat and Canadians need to be vigilant. Said Ior Mikulchinskin, and I apologize for probably mispronouncing that name, the CEO of the Ukrainian Canadian Congress. He told the National Post when asked about the controversy regarding Freeland's holding a black and red scarf. So, so there you have it. Four people quoted. Christia Freeland's spokesperson and three other people who are all willing to defend Christia Freeland say it is not her fault, but it is the fault of people who are talking about this and sharing the image and making the connections and reporting on it, trying to hold her accountable. They're the ones who are sharing in misinformation and propaganda. You really can't make this stuff up. So you, you get this. Christia Freeland is not to blame. It isn't her fault that she posted the photograph. It's not her fault that she was in the photograph, that she was holding the flag, that she took the photograph and that she herself posted it. None of those are her, are her fault. That's not her fault at all. The ones who are at fault are groups like True North, 
for covering it. We're the ones who are, quote, unwittingly participating in an active Russian information operation, unquote, according to the useful idiots over at the McDonald Laurier Institute. What a joke. So she's not the one that's playing into Russian propaganda. True North is for reporting it. See how that works. Must be so nice to be a liberal in Canada. Journalists are notoriously lazy and stupid. And I don't suspect that Tristan Hopper actually bothered to read the article that he linked to, my article that this was all based on. If Tristan Hopper had bothered to read my piece, he would have known that I was well aware of the Russian propaganda campaign surrounding this issue. That is why I was holding the minister accountable for holding the flag unlike the National Post, who's trying to hold me accountable for writing about it. So I'm just going to go back for Tristan Hopper, for anyone who didn't bother reading my piece. This was published on Monday night. This is what I said about it. I said this. This all creates two major problems for Christia Freeland and the Liberals. The first is a tremendous double standard at play. Just weeks ago, Trudeau and his allies in legacy media relentlessly smeared the trucker convoy as Nazis because of one still unidentified provocateur who crashed the protest before quickly disappearing. Trudeau infamously called a conservative MP of Jewish heritage, Melissa Lantzman, accused her of standing with people who wave swastikas. They smeared an entire group by a single despicable flag spotted near the protest. Now, in the case of Christia Freeland at the Ukrainian rally in Toronto, she wasn't simply spotted at the same rally as a Nazi. She was literally holding the flag. Okay, this is the part where I get into the Russian information, again, reading from my piece, which was published on Monday night. The second major problem this presents for Freeland and the liberals is that they are opening themselves to smears and propaganda from the Putin regime. When Putin announced his invasion into Ukraine, the justification he provided in part was to denazify the country. Putin's war efforts rely on propaganda presenting the Ukrainian government and its allies in the West, and yes, that includes Christia Freeland in Canada, as supporting an extremist, far-right Nazi movement. When a prominent Western leader is photographed with a banner that represents the neo-Nazi movement, she is naively playing into Putin's hands. Christia Freeland can scrub her own social media to her heart's content, but her photo holding the red and black banner is making the rounds on social media and is being used on other websites, including this NPR affiliate. This is a significant misstep by Freeland. Let's see if anyone in the media notices or reports on it. Now, notice how I pin the blame on Christia Freeland herself. That's sort of how journalism is supposed to work. You're supposed to hold powerful people to account. But once again, we learn that the media in Canada has different standards in dealing with liberals. So here you have Post Media, once considered the last bastion of conservative thought left in the legacy media here in Canada. But here they are, selling their souls, spinning for the liberals, smearing independent journalists, and misleading their audience for what? Well, you can only assume it has something to do with that $600 million newspaper bailout check written by one Justin Trudeau. They crafted an entire article based on Christia Freeland's spin. Rather than holding the most powerful woman in Canadian politics accountable for the flag that she held, knowing full well what it was and what it meant, the once trustworthy National Post is holding me and us here at True North accountable for the crime of reporting on Christia Freeland. It is unbelievable. They even go to the absurd extent of defending a Nazi slogan, blood and soil, just to defend Christia Freeland. It is unbelievable. The National Post and its writer, Tristan Hopper, are no better than the CBC. They're no better than the Toronto Star. They're willing to say anything to stay in the Liberals' good books to defend their friends in the Liberal Party, even if it means selling out any credibility they had left with their audience. I'm Candace Malcolm, and this is The Candace Malcolm Show.